Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Jay Swords. This is our 453rd show of ROI. Our guest for the day is Kathleen Wellman, Dedman Family Distinguished Professor of History and Altshooter Distinguished Teaching Professor for Southern Methodist University. And we're going to be talking about hijacking history, how the Christian right is teaching history, and why it matters. The history buffs for today's show are Brett Menard and Terry Toppler. The show's theme song is Kayla's Theme, written and performed by Mark Sapsapital. And our producer and engineer, as always, is Dave Baker. To begin with, welcome to the show, Kathleen. Thank you very much for having me. We are excited to uh, to dive into this topic. So the first segment here we call Farouk Dinarin, and our goal is just to give our listeners a little background uh, on the subject. So can you start us off with some basic information on what we mean when we say the Christian right? Okay, uh, well, so how do I use the term? I mean, there are a lot of terms floating around currently, uh, evangelical Christians, fundamentalist Christians, uh, Christian nationalists, and I use the term Christian right to describe the ideas in the histories of the history textbooks produced by the most prominent Christian publishers, and I used it as the best term to identify the alliance between Christians of a very particular stripe, but Christians who claim that their understanding of Christianity is the truth, and its alliance with right-wing political causes in the United States, uh, beginning as a firm electoral bloc beginning in the post-war period. Hmm. Okay. So give me a sense of how this alliance developed. So, so how did we get this, this coalition of sort of theological individuals and political entities and then ultimately, apparently, publishing companies? <laughs> okay, so... Uh, I think, I mean, one of the things I discovered in writing this book is a, is a fascinating history of American evangelicalism, which I didn't know a great deal about, and the variety of political positions evangelicals had taken since their, their founding in the 18th century. And those views were not always tied to the political right by any means, and there was a large split among evangelical communities during the Civil War. There remains a split between northern and southern evangelicals to some degree. Uh, but the firm alliance develops in the post-war world when the Republican Party is identified with business interests, and they're interested in cultivating a larger voting base, and they identify the cause of Christianity as opposed to communism, but then also firmly tied to capitalism and therefore opposed to the New Deal at home. And this alliance then 
This is an alliance of the 1950s that's very broad-based among Christian communities, in part because this is the period in which we adopt the slogan, In God We Trust, for instance. In the 60s, the alliance became more culturally conservative and is a bit more like some of the culture wars we see now, in that religious conservatives had an antipathy to the culture of the 60s, and they were also the group most likely to favor America's continued participation in the Vietnam War. And as evangelicals split between northern and southern evangelicals, and conservative Christians moved from the south to southern California, the alliance between the Republican Party and um, a, what would I say, an even more conservative Christian community developed as opposed to segregation. And that's the period in which these uh, publishers began publishing in the early 70s uh, to, to serve as curricula for what became uh, so-called segregation academies in the early 1970s. But these curricula have been in existence ever since then, and they've attracted a much broader audience, in part because... They identify as simply Christian and as an alternative to secular education, and they're now used widely in homeschooling, which developed in the 70s in a number of court cases that allowed parents to homeschool their children. Uh, and then the alliance became even stronger in the 80s with Ronald Reagan, who deliberately cultivated uh a conservative Christian base, and that base has has held steady as the most reliable Republican voter base ever since. Okay, so we only have about a minute left, um, so I'm going to try to ask a fairly simple question. <laughs> um, okay, can you I'll, give, I'll try to give a simple answer. Yeah, can you, you give us a sense of who are the, the major players in the publishing industry that, that are sort of... Because at the end of the day, we know that, that publishers determine what is taught. At the end of the day, it's textbooks that are used as the basis for teaching. So who are these, who are these, these at least major publishers that are, that are out there? Okay, so the three publishers that I've studied and I, are um, Abeka Books, the textbooks produced by Bob Jones University, and the educational materials of Accelerated Christian Education. And they all began publishing in the very early 1970s, and they have remained in existence ever since. So they've now taught several generations. Sure. Okay. Well, I think we have a lot more to talk about. So please stay tuned for the next segment of our show. This is ROI on KALA, St. Ambrose University, 106.1 FM. The KALA website is your one-stop spot to find out more about your favorite radio station. Submit a public service announcement, catch up on news about KALA, and listening to any of our three stations, 885-1061 or The Stinger, is just a click away. Visit KALAFM.org. That's KALAFM.org. Hello and 
and welcome back to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Jay Swords, and this is the second segment of the show, referred to as The Kitchen Table. Our guest for today is Kathleen Wellman, Dedman Family Distinguished Professor of History and Ulsher Distinguished Teaching Professor for Southern Methodist University. And we're going to be talking about hijacking history, how the Christian right is teaching history, and why it matters. Our history bus for today's show are Brett Menard and Terry Toppler. And Brett, as the, the closest of all of us to the, um, the, the religious um, industry, you get to start us off. Gladly. So can you talk to us a little bit about what the difference would be in how, say, the history of medieval Europe is taught in one of these books versus a more mainstream secular textbook? Okay, there, there are a number of significant points that these textbooks use the Middle Ages to make. The one that was most surprising to me, frankly, was the identification of Catholicism with heresy. So they made, these are firmly Protestant textbooks, and so for them, there is a very brief moment uh, shortly you know, after the life of Christ when there are a few Christians, and then Christianity is corrupted by the Roman Catholic Church until the Reformation. They also idealize Anglo-Saxons as proto-Protestants and progenitors of American virtue and individualism. That would not be common either. They also are uh, extremely derogatory about Islam. One of them contends that it is the work of Satan. None of these would be in the conventional treatment of the Middle Ages. All right, yeah, I mean, it's subtle, subtle differences. <laughs> Not so much. Yeah. Um, Terry. Yes. So, Dr. Wellman, um, bringing a, a little bit further, uh, closer to history, at least in America, um, as far as the founding of our country, how do they treat that um, in the Christian curricular uh, when they discuss our founding fathers? Uh, okay, so for, in these Christian curricula, the United States was unquestionably founded as a Christian nation, and um, all of the founders were unquestionably... All of the founders had what they referred to as biblical truth, which is uh, the sort of amalgam of a variety of Protestant traditions that they seem to meld together to indicate what Christianity is. Uh, so you get the sense that the America was founded as a new step in God's covenant with chosen people. There were the biblical Jews, then there were, for a very brief time, the early Christians. Then there were the English Protestants, and English Protestantism is the source of uh, both America's founding. It's fundamental to all of its documents. All of its documents are strongly inflected by the Bible. 
as far as these curricula are concerned. Okay, so Kathleen, my my question then becomes: we we've drawn at least a couple of distinctions between this curricula and um, sort of typical secular uh, curricula, uh, but we've had a, a number of um, private. Uh, theologically based educational systems, the Catholic system comes to mind. Um, so how does this particular system vary from, because within Catholic education, obviously Catholic dogma is being taught um, and Catholic ideology is being promoted. Um, so what makes this fundamentally different from any other theologically driven curriculum system? Okay, uh, I actually, uh, I had a Catholic education, and I can't recall any Catholic history books being either as polemical or as theologically based. Um, of course, theology courses were, but one thing that makes these curricula much different is that they are now being used in voucher programs in public schools. Um, and I think the fact that they are proselytizing in the guise of history is concerning. Uh, and I was, I was also concerned as a professional historian with the many ways they distort the whole notion of what history is, because they assert that history is written by a historian's faith. And I don't think even um, private, other forms of private religious education are as ideological or as proselytizing. And uh, one thing I think should concern Christians of all stripes is that the Christianity they argue for is profoundly intolerant. And because they are so intent on uh, asserting the economic views of the Republican Party since the 1950s, they are staunchly opposed to any forms of welfare, or really any forms of charity. Because for them, and in this respect they're influenced by a rather uh, minor the theology, Christian Reconstructionism, that the economy exists to, the economy exists as a means for God to reward and punish. And any intervention by society to help members of society thwarts God's plan. Wow. Okay, Brett. So, how do um, people pushing this historical interpretation hope to use it to advance their modern political goals? What's the interlink between the two? Is it just, oh, we can put this out and get voucher money and that helps us fund other things? Or um, is it a propaganda effort? How does it work out? Okay, I, I think the publishers are committed to this view of history, and they have been intent on advancing it. Uh, 
And it's become more influential because of homeschooling, where curricula in a number of states is not regulated at all. So, so this is an effort to proselytize this view of Christianity, and that view of Christianity entails certain political views that make um, the points in this curricula really attractive to certain financial interests who are promoting the political ideas. And, you know, we have a long history in this country of teaching history or history teaching as being extremely contentious. Uh, But these curricula and the arguments in them um, can be used to advance a political agenda by others independent of the publishers. Terry. Yes. Can you talk about how textbooks are chosen uh, to begin with? You know, it should be a thorough process, I assume, by a committee. Um, but how do the the publishing industry, how do they influence perhaps school boards and even state curriculum? Okay, well, these, these curricula would not typically be adult, adopted by state school boards. I have a little bit of personal experience um, testifying, if you want to call it that, before the State Board of Education of textbooks about school standards. So in Texas, there is there are state board members who are elected who uh, come up with a set of standards for the teaching of history or things they want all history textbooks published for the state to include. And Texas, you're likely aware, is very influential because of the size of its population. California is also influential because of the size of its population. When the state board adopts these standards, the publishers have to write textbooks that incorporate them. And then after, then the publishers present the textbooks to a panel selected by the State Board of Education that reads the textbooks, checks to make sure that they have included the standards, and then solicits public commentary. And so sometimes some textbooks get ruled out for either not faithfully replicating the standards or being so far out of the norm that the state board rejects them. So, so just to follow up on Terry's question then, so how do, if, if a lot of these textbooks are ending up in homeschooling situations um, uh-huh. or, or in, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a, a evangelical, um, conservative, uh, slightly right of Attila the Hun uh, church Um, and and they had their own school their own Christian school which probably served maybe 30 to 40 people something along those lines how then do does a textbook publisher get their textbooks out to this very spread out population um, in order to to get them to make the the purchases to, to buy the textbooks Um, Uh, Well, I I know A. Becca Books, which is the publisher that has best um, gained 
an audience in the voucher programs, but is also in a great many evangelical schools, has almost, you know, weekly fairs in motels at in Dallas, for instance, and I assume they do it all across the country, and they uh, exhibit their wares at any number of evangelical gatherings, and they get churches to sponsor them. Do you, do, if you attended this evangelical school, do you happen to remember the curriculum? Because I have run into many of my students and many other people that I know who have been educated with these and have, you know, interesting things to tell me about their experience. Um, I, 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 am, I, uh, I am lucky enough to not have had uh, that particular experience. Um, uh, I went to public school, um, but I certainly had friends, and I can distinctly remember having uh, fairly spirited conversations with people about... Um, you know, acts, ideas in history, even facts in history that that were, quite frankly, wrong. They were just <laughs> inaccurate, and you know, it was uh, it was very hard to 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 make that argument to somebody because, as I think you mentioned earlier, ultimately this wasn't a, a a fact it was a statement of doctrine it was a statement it was a belief statement that this particular thing did or didn't happen on this particular date and so you know to get somebody to admit that 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 was wrong was a slippery slope um right you know right. and and it did actually work that way on a handful of occasions i i did have people that i knew who ultimately went hey wow this is wrong and 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 abandoned and and bailed uh out of that and and much strife within the family and all sorts of other things so i don't mean to go on and on here but but yeah i do certainly you know appreciate sort of the the stories that you must have heard about what the the system works like well, and another, another, the, the accelerated Christian education, um, is basically a printing agency at this point. Um, they, they produce, um, curricula that are workbooks. So one of the things that makes them very attractive to homeschooling is, and they say this, except for teaching phonics, you do not need a teacher. Because you do a workbook, you answer the questions, you take a test on the questions, and then you move on. And this uh, curriculum has been widely used in England, where a number of students who experienced it then sued for child abuse. And um, it's also a curriculum that has been widely disseminated in Africa as part of missionary efforts. Of course it is. You bet. Brett. Uh, oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, even though they really disparage Africa as the dark continent. <laughs> Brett. So can you describe some of, like, the selling points? You said one of them was that, oh, you don't really need a teacher. So I would imagine that... Um, not to be overly stereotypical, but um, a homeschooling family that has multiple children, this that feeds into a stay-at-home mom who then doesn't have to juggle 
teaching three different kids of three different ages. She just needs to make sure each kid is on the right page of each workbook. What are the other selling points? Uh, I think the the biggest selling point is the claim made to parents that your ch- your children will not learn anything that deviates from the truth. Uh, uh, other selling points, I think they've they uh, a Becca Books and Bob Jones University, like other textbook publishers, are very richly illustrated. They look like conventional educational materials, so so any parent could believe I'm just giving my child the Christian perspective as opposed to a secular perspective and. Nothing else about it is different. I think that would be a selling point as well. I also suspect that since there are a lot of evangelical gatherings, um, that uh, the materials get promoted from one family to another and even from one generation to another. I was brought up with this education, you know, I'm and and history obviously doesn't change, so the truth that I learned <laughs> should be right. the truth that you learn. Right, right. exactly. Right. right, and this is the way to keep your child on the straight and narrow. Right. Right, that you won't, you won't have a way to challenge what I, as your parent, believe. Okay, <laughs> Terry, you're going to get the last question of the segment. All right, thank you. So, Dr. Wellman, this leads me to the question about state standards and what kind of oversight is there, if any, to make sure that homeschoolers and private schools are teaching the state standards? Um, uh, they don't have to. They don't have to. Have to. Uh, okay. Homeschool curricula, homeschoolers are not required to even report what curricula they use in two of the largest homeschooling states, Pennsylvania and Texas. Other states have minimal regulation, but there's been a really concerted effort by groups like Focus on the Family to make sure that homeschooling is as unregulated as possible and that any regulation tramples on parental rights. Religious private schools uh, are likely held to higher standards, but again, it varies by state, and I don't know how much oversight there is, and they are not required to adopt textbooks approved by the state. Right. All right. Well, it is customary for us to give our guests the last word on the show. So, Kathleen, why do you think knowing about how the Christian right is teaching history is relevant in today's world? Well, when I wrote the book, I thought that this was an issue that should concern historians. Uh, My fellow historians were unaware that these materials were widely used. People should know how, how state standards actually incorporate some of these ideas in some states. But also that the position that these textbooks take is really undemocratic in that their fundamental argument is that God puts people in power in power, and that is his will and his intention, and it should not be thwarted by the people, and the people do not have a right to resist. And I think that's profoundly undemocratic. 
it also raises a number of issues that have begun roiling the public sphere just since the book came out in November. You can see how vehement the reaction to critical race theory is and how how useful it is as a term to raise all kinds of issues about uh, subject matter in classes, teaching history, whether it's, it advances American exceptionalism, whether professional expertise of historians should be respected, whether teachers should be surveyed. I think all of these things are issues that um, the book sort of hints at or provides some access to without having it be my explicit intention to raise critical race theory, which hadn't really been the political hot potato it is at the moment. Sure. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up, so please stay tuned. This is ROI on KLA, St. Ambrose University, 106.1 FM. You're listening to Relevant or Irrelevant. This series is produced at St. Ambrose University's KALA Radio and has been honored by the Midwest Broadcast Journalists Association and the Iowa Broadcast News Association for excellence in public affairs journalism. You can hear this edition of ROI and many previous programs in this series by visiting Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, plus Apple Podcasts. ROI airs Friday nights at 9.30 p.m. on KALA HD2 and can also be heard at 106.1 FM in the Metropolitan Quad City area. You can stream this show every Friday night at TuneIn.com. Search for KALA HD2. This concludes our 453rd show of ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant. The producer and engineer is Dave Baker. Our program manager is Rick Sweet, and the theme song for our show is titled Kayla's Theme. It was written and performed by Mark Zapsapital. My name is Jay Swords. We would like to thank our guest, Kathleen Wellman, Dedman Family Distinguished Professor of History, and All Shooter Distinguished Teaching Professor for you Southern Methodist University. And we've been talking about hijacking history, how the Christian right is teaching history, and why it matters. The history bus for today's show were Brett Menard and Terry Toppler. This is ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, on KALA. The views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of St. Ambrose University or KALA. We would like to wish all of our listeners to experience the great Basutu proverb, Hotsa Pula Nala, peace, reign, and prosperity. And remember, historians are horrible fortune tellers. Good night. Mm-hmm.